but we're going to be in a couple different places. Um, John chapter 12 and Matthew 21 are going to be a couple different places we're going to be today. But today marks uh, the day that's known as Palm Sunday. This is also known as the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. This is where, in essence, Jesus reveals himself. He reveals himself as the king, as Messiah. He, he shows himself as the Messiah. And so I want us to look at the text out of, we're going to start in Matthew chapter 21. And we're going to look at um, that text this morning and, and, and see, see from God's word what we have here. Father, I thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for your word. God, as we open it here today, may you bless the reading of your word and the teaching of your word here. May hearts be ever moved towards you. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you'll find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Unite them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them. And he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet saying, Say to the daughters of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of the beast of burden. Now, this this is an interesting thing that's taking place. This moment, as they come into Jerusalem, this is, Jesus knew all along what, we, what he was going to do. This was, this was a plan. This is foretold in the Old Testament. This was showing God's sovereign understanding of where everything was going to happen. All the things that were going to take place, God had it planned out to the minute details. To the smallest of the small, to the biggest of the big, God had it all planned out. I love this thing that you first see here. They get into Jerusalem and he tells his disciples, hey, go into town and immediately you're going to find a donkey. Now, if you knew this donkey and other parts of the text, this donkey had never been ridden. He'd never been trained. He'd never had any, nothing, nothing. This was to show God's sovereign understanding of where this animal would be and, and it It demonstrates his omnipotent power to be able to do whatever he wanted to do and no one could stop him from doing it. Like, think about this. They go into town to go find this donkey and he says, if somebody tries to stop, hey, that's my donkey, you can't touch it. Just say, hey, the Lord needs it. And immediately, what's he going to say? Oh, okay, then he can have it at once. Sure. God sovereignly is in control of all things and and like that's just an amazing thing the lord needs it okay we'll take my donkey i mean can you imagine if you got a horse and somebody just walks up that you don't know you've got a donkey and it's yours and some guy walks up to you and says starts to undo your donkey and take it away from you you're like wait a minute that's my donkey he's like hey the lord needs it okay cool how would that go in cedarville (laughs) hey the lord needs it okay all right at once you can have it, right? It's just, it's just amazing. 
He does not need, Jesus does not need the permission to do what he wants to do. It's his property. Everything is owned by God. There's not one molecule of sand, no atom that is just some rogue element that's out there that is not under the control of the sovereign hand of the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he owns it all. He owns it all. It's his property. The stuff you and I have is not our stuff. It's God's stuff that he's loaning you. He's lent that out to you. That house you live in, it's God's. He's just lending it out to you. So wait, wait, I thought the bank owned that. Eh, God owns the bank too. It's all his. Listen, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't need your stuff. It's his stuff to begin with. We're just giving back what God's given to us. Amen? And so what, what are you doing with the resources that have been lent to you? And if the king came today, if Jesus came and said, I need this, what's your response? It will simply be at once. It can, you can, be, it can be used by you. I'll send it at once, Father. It's whatever you need. And then verse 4, we look at this in Matthew. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets. Verse 5, say to the daughters of Zion, see your king comes to you. Gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the fold, the foal of a donkey. This was a reference that was foretold in Zechariah nine, chapter nine, verse nine. It says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold your king is coming. If you notice on the front of your bulletin, I think that's fun. Uh, we see that text out here with a little bit of a graphic there. That's fun. But rejoice. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation. Is he humble and mounted on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey? That was Zechariah 9.9. It was also foretold in Isaiah chapter 62, verse 11. Behold, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the earth, say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your salvation has come. Has come. <clears throat> Behold, his reward is with you, and he is, his recompense is before you. There was more than enough information in the scriptures. Like, listen, this is the thing that just blows my mind. That there was more than enough information in the scriptures. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. There was more than enough information in the scriptures that foretold Christ's coming and what he was going to do while he was here, but so many didn't see it. So many were not paying attention. So many didn't care because they were so thinking about the, the things that were t happening in their time, in their day, the things that they had to accomplish, the things that they had to, to, to figure out. And they say, I don't have time for this. I'm not really thinking about that. Man, isn't that 2023? We're all thinking about what we've got to get done. We're all thinking about the things we need to accomplish. And listen, there's more than enough information in here telling about Jesus coming a second time too. But we're not paying attention. And we'd better be paying attention. We'd better be paying atten attention to all of this. In fact, John chapter 12, verse 16, it is made known that even his disciples didn't get it. His disciples didn't even, at this moment, 
didn't even get it. It was only after he was risen and beginning on the mount to ascend that they really come to, that they came to understand this. John chapter 12 verse 16 says, "At first his disciples did not understand all of this. Only after Jesus was glorified, so this means after Jesus was resurrected and they were together and Jesus explains it. In fact, the Bible says that after his resurrection for that 40 days that he's on the planet, he unpacks so much teaching the scripture says a books volumes of books would not hold what jesus taught for that 40 days could you imagine what the disciples heard so after he's been resurrected he's glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and these things had to be done why Because God had a plan to come and to redeem mankind. And this was the plan. The plan was to send himself and be the sacrifice that would buy back human beings from the treachery of sin. From the disobedience of our great, 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 a bunch of greats. Grandfather and grandmother, Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, they threw the farm out. They sold the farm. And didn't get a paycheck. What they earned was death. So Jesus had to come back and buy it back so that those that would believe would all be redeemed. Would all be set right. It was in that moment that everything started to to, to make total sense to to the disciples. Why? Because that was the time that God had chosen to completely reveal this to his disciples at that precise moment. Could you imagine all the mo- at that when he begins to unpack all this? They're like, oh, that's why you had to do that. That's why you were doing that. Oh, that's why you did this. All of it just like, have you guys ever had a moment where something clicks and you're like, oh, that's why that happened. Oh, that's why that made sense. Oh, it just like anybody had a light bulb moment in their lives. Okay. I didn't know if it's not very often for me, but every once in a while it happens. It, it happens, right? But that was the moment. So let's go back to Matthew 21. We'll go back to verse 6. Then the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. And they brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. And a very loud crowd, or a very large crowd, spread their cloaks on the road while others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Like... Like, okay, this is, this is not just something that kids do on Palm Sunday. This is literally what happened. They cut down these palm branches and they laid them crossways. And as Jesus rode the, col- the colt in, they walked on that as, as a sign of, it, it, he's the king. He's the king. He's the king. And, and like I've mentioned, this, this was talked about in the Old Testament. That the king of kings would come in this way. Like, those that were understanding, there were Pharisees that realized this. And when they, realized, when they saw what Jesus was doing, because this was foretold, that Christ would come in and do it just like this, on a donkey, connected to a colt, those Pharisees were going, uh-oh, I know what he's doing. And they didn't understand that Jesus was God. All they thought was, this guy, is he's causing a ruckus, he's caught, and this is why Jesus died. He, they, this is why the, the Jews killed him. Because they could not have their system disrupted. 
They had a really good thing going and Jesus comes in and says, you guys have messed the whole thing up. This is not what I meant at all. And turns the whole establishment on its head. Turns the whole establishment on its head. And so it's mentioned and talked about in the Old Testament that the King of Kings would come in this exact way. The Messiah would reveal himself in this way. And he would ride on a donkey that had never been ridden. So Jesus was proving in this moment that he was, he was declaring he was the Messiah in this moment. He's declaring it before the entire place. Verse 9. And then the crowd went ahead of him and those who followed him shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heavens. This is a reference back to Psalms 118 verse 26. that says, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord from the house of the Lord. We bless you, Hosanna. We bless you. Now, Interesting enough, if you, I got my, my brother and I were talking, and we broke out the um, Strong's exhausted concordance about this text. Because when we as Americans read this, and we see, oh, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Son of David, we read it and go, oh, they were worshiping the king. They were worshiping Jesus. Sort of. Sort of. Hosanna is translated to save now or wishing safety and prosperity. Listen, these people in the crowd had been following Jesus for a while. Why? Because Jesus was doing things in that region that were causing people to fall in love with the things that Jesus were doing, not Jesus himself. In John chapter 6, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago in John chapter 6. Jesus feeds 20,000 people. And then it says in the text that Jesus perceives in himself that these people were going to come and take him by force and make him king. Why? Why were they going to want to make Jesus king? Not because he was worthy to be worshipped. Rather, they were going to make him king because their bellies would be full and their borders would be secure. This is exactly what this is saying in this text. Hosanna, give us safety, give us prosperity. Oh, Hosanna, save us now. Not save us from our sins, but save our little kingdom here in Israel. Keep our borders safe and make our bellies full. They've been seeing this guy for several years. He's he's making all kinds of miracles. He's had signs. These people were in love with the things that Jesus did, but they were not in love with Jesus himself. Now, this this is the exact same thing that's happening in the church today. Too many people come to church looking for their bellies to be filled and their lives on this planet to be safe and secure and prosperous. And if any of us are not living comfortably in these categories, we think that we've been gypped somehow by the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we have lived in relative peace for the last hundred years in America. It has been a prosperous place. It has been a quiet place. It has been a place where, listen, most of us aren't thinking, man, I don't know where I'm going to find my next meal. Some of us would maybe stand not to go for a meal. Amen? Just saying. 
We need to understand that Jesus is God and he does not owe us anything. And to think that we're owed something is to worship and follow a God that has been imagined up in our own minds. Not the God of the Bible. According to history, Christ made this entry on Monday, Nisan the 10th. In those, if, and roughly, if you look at that time frame, that's between somewhere in, in the month of March is when this happened. And Jesus made this entry, this triumphal entry, exactly 483 years to the day that Daniel chapter 9 verse 24 was written. This is what Daniel said and prophesied. Seventy weeks are decreed about your people and your holy city to finish the transgression, to put an end to sin and to atone for the iniquities and to bring in everlasting righteousness. Ooh. Wait, what? What's coming in through the gates? What's coming in through the door? This everlasting righteousness. The the one that would bring an end to iniquity. The one that would put an end to sin. To seal both vision and profit. And to anoint a most holy place. Just a few days after this triumphal entry. King Jesus offers himself as the ultimate sacrifice, the sacrificial lamb. The reason that they had had this happen, this happened to the, to the very moment when those priests were taking those lambs over Passover and slitting those lambs open and spilling their blood on the ground. Jesus The Lamb of God was on the cross being split and cut and bleeding out onto the ground for the sins of those that would believe. At that very moment that those priests were splitting those lambs open, Christ was having himself be split for us. And then three days after that, Jesus rose from the grave, giving us justification. Justification before a holy God. Before the God, the triune holy God of the universe, we now have justification. What this, in essence, is, is making you a spiritual billionaire. Not because you were, and it was gifted to you. You didn't earn it. You didn't work for it. You didn't do the work to make it. Jesus did every ounce of the heavy lifting and gifted you with the justification to be able to stand in front of a holy God. Romans chapter 5 verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace in which we stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Because of what Christ did, we now have access to everything. Listen, standing here 2,000 years later, looking back on this and thinking about the fact that Jesus came to do this for someone like me. Thinking that Jesus would come to die on the cross and to resurrect three days later to give Caleb Gordon justification. Why me? 
Why would he do that? Why me? I don't deserve this. Neither do you. I'm a rotten wretch. I'm a wicked, depraved, nasty man who has broken every Ten Commandment. I've lied. I've stolen. I've cheated. I've committed adultery. I have, I have done it all. I've murdered. And so have you. And so have you. The fact that I am justified is just mind-blowing. I think further down in Romans chapter 5, verse 9, since we have now been justified by His blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through Him? That's what you're saved from. You're saved from God's wrath. You're saved from God's justice. Because of what Jesus did, we get salvation. We get mercy. We get forgiveness. We get access. Romans chapter 5 just said you get access. I love, so yesterday, it was fascinating to watch. And I use this as an illustration because it happened. And we talked about Romans chapter 5 to these men. We, every, every year, the guy who runs Silver Dollar City, he gives us these little passes. And all we have to do is make sure and have them on it. The little guy at the entry point, he checks him and says, come on in. Well, we got through the park, got through the entryway, and then we went, we just hopped the gate. Like the little chain gate that they have, we just stepped over it and walked in. And there were people like, how are they getting in early? And then I hear one guy, they probably got something to do. And so we walked a little bit more. And the boys just, you know, young bucks, they're little bucks, they're just walking around there looking at things. And they're... They're in the theme park and they're looking at stuff. And I'm, I'm ahead because I've got a purpose. I've got to get to my destination, right? And all of a sudden I hear it just, hey, hey, you can't be in here. You can't get in here. You need to get out of here. You need to go back to where you came from. Go back to the gate. And I, you know, he's just doing his job, right? I just, I, I backed up a little bit and I said, hey, boys, come on, hurry up. Hey, fella, they're with me. And Austin goes, the three coolest words in the world. The three coolest words in the world. There with me. They couldn't have got. If, listen, if they had not been with me, they would have been escorted out by security. They would not have been allowed to walk into the park beforehand. They didn't do anything to earn it. They didn't. They didn't do anything to earn it. It was a gift. From their father. It was a gift from their father. Who loved them. I'm telling you guys. Therefore since we have been justified through faith. We have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. And. Standing here in 2023 and thinking back to that moment when Jesus does this triumphal entry and he, he, he walks through and these people are selfishly saying, save us. Oh, we want to be prosperous. Would I have been one of those who had been desired to have my belly full and my, and my border secure? Or would I have been one of those few that were in the crowd who genuinely wanted to know Jesus, wanted to be close to Him? Since we have now been justified, now that we have been 
justified before God, just as if I had never sinned. That's what my dad used to always say. Justification, just as if I'd never sinned. In God's sight, because of what Jesus did on the cross, I now have perfect standing with the God of the universe. I get, I am saved. I have salvation. I get mercy, not justice. I get salvation, not cast out into utter darkness. This is the good news of Palm Sunday, that Jesus has the triumphal entry and he's God and he owns it all and he is here to triumphantly take over. He's the king. He's the king. And not only that, he's my dad. He's my dad. And because he loves me, he bought me back and he got me in and I have access. And the enemy might try to whisper, hey, you shouldn't be here. You don't deserve. You don't. God doesn't really love you. You don't deserve to be here. You're a rat. Yeah, I am. But I'm a forgiven rat. <laughs> Anybody else? I'm a forgiven wretch. I didn't do any of the heavy lifting. Jesus did all the heavy lifting. And what, do I, what did I do? I just walked in. Just like I said a couple weeks ago, the thief on the cross had no idea that the day he was going to die was the day that he was going to enter into paradise. But he encountered Jesus. And when we encounter Jesus, everything changes. Even if it's on our deathbed took his last breath and Jesus said today not tomorrow not in two weeks not in a month he said today you'll be with me in paradise and what did the guy listen he didn't meet any of the qualifications for a church member he didn't he didn't walk an aisle he didn't pray a prayer he didn't get in the baptismal waters he didn't do anything he just said Jesus told the guy on the other side, why are you talking to him like this? Because the other guy's like, hey, if you're really God, save our skins. He's just like the people that are, save us now. Get me off this cross. This hurts. I don't like to be hurting. Save us. If you're really the king of the, if you're really God, save us. And the other guy says, why are you talking this way? We deserve this. We're wretches. We're vile. We're nasty. And then he says, Jesus, if you could, if you could, Will you, just, will you just remember me when you come into the kingdom? Will you just, I don't even have to have a good spot in, the, in line. Just remember me. Will you remember me? And what does he say? Today, son, today you will be in paradise with me. He's with me. That's all of us that are in Christ. That's all of us that are in Christ. Through Jesus we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. We're standing in the good graces of the Lord Jesus Christ by faith alone. You're saved by grace through faith. That not of yourselves. It is a gift. Lest any man should be able to boast. 
The boys didn't walk up to the gate guard and be like, Hey, I earned this because I'm awesome. They didn't take the little badge out. They knew it was a gift from their father. Dad said, I want you to go with me. I want you to be with me. And I gave him a gift. Jesus says, I want you to be with me. Listen, he doesn't need you in heaven. The Lord Jesus, does, he's not up in heaven going, golly, I really need Jamie up here. Now, I really need Darren. If I could just figure out, I really need him up here. He doesn't need anybody in the room. He wants you. And there is a big difference between needing and wanting. Amen? Big difference between needing and wanting. So what's the, what's the, what's the gist here? Listen, the kingdom of God is near. Behold, as Jesus said, behold, the kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news of Jesus Christ today. The good news of Palm Sunday is that Jesus came triumphantly and that he is God. And he owns it all and he wants you involved with him. He wants to bring you in. Will you come in today? Will you come in? Let's stand together.